There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. I'm good, Jim. Are you good? Yep, I'm ready to go. You both uh, all good to go? Yes. All right, let's do it. Sorry, let's someone's about... like yelling outside our window. Oh, no, it's perfect. Jim they're has motorcycles yay! that are going to go by. Like, literally, that's what they're doing. Are they excited? They just they... said yay like three times. They're probably setting up for an improv. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live on, uh, usually because we record on uh, Wednesdays, this isn't uh, a problem, but it's a Saturday night and I live on South Street, so oh, it's going to be mayhem tonight. I hope not. But... <laughs> This is the wild, uh, wild night. It's fine. Honestly, let's keep it all in. What? Uh, no, Yay. like the the bike sounds, whatever the fuck people screaming in the background. I'm gonna keep it in the episode. It's the audience. I, I'm sure the audience would love a half hour of a man revving a motorcycle. <laughs> it's our, oh. it's our oh, podcast show. Quiet. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> all right, Jim, you ready to bring us in? Yeah, let's let's do this. Hello, Hello. Uh, welcome to Rotten Treasure. Uh, this is a podcast. Uh, we watched Rocky Three. Uh, I'm the host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me, as always, is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hello, Kai. How are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic, Joe. I just Good. said Joe. You're not Joe. No, that's our special guest. Uh, because we have two special guests. Uh, let's go in alphabetical order. She is a Godzilla enthusiast, and he's the host of Tuzzy Tuesdays. It's Sam Abrams and Joe Tuzzy. Hi. Yay. Uh, yay. 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 <laughs> Hi. Hello. Now we're going to have to leave in uh, the people saying yay outside your window so they. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're part of it. I also tried to stop you, Jim, from uh, starting the episode because I was going to pop off a, a beverage. So <laughs> that actually was perfect because it was right at the same time. It celebrated their uh, arrival. Perfect. Yay. Okay. Yay. Okay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Should we have Foley effects for this episode? Should we have like a bag of rice? and? <laughs> if you have a keyboard with like farts on it and stuff, <laughs> that I would be wish. great. You like hit one of those metal fences and it makes the uh, the Star Wars noise. The... <laughs> I w- I watch documentaries about Foley sometimes. <laughs> I would probably love a documentary about Foley. It's a, the the one about Star Wars in particular is a very interesting one, specifically because of how iconic the design is. Wait, uh, you are talking about Mike Foley, right? Are you talking about Mick Foley? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know who Mike Foley is. I'm like... <laughs> Same guy. Mike Foley, Dave Foley. I mean, perfect time to bring up uh, uh, wrestling, considering this movie had uh, Hulk Hogan in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I forget that? <laughs> As thunder lips. <laughs> what a name. Oh. <laughs> Also, I watched an interview with Hulk Hogan where he kept insisting that this was made in the 70s. And they were like, it was, the movie came out in 81. He was like, nope, nope, came out 79. He was just so insistent on it. Oh, I love it. He, 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 he lived. He, he lived. He, he really lived a, lived a life when he was that age. Let's put it that way. 
like so many probably drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. So he he probably thought it was the seventies. Still, he's a little delayed. Yeah. I uh, also honestly, if if you ask me something that happened forty years ago, I wasn't alive, but I wouldn't remember exactly what year it was. <laughs> My mom does this thing where she thinks everything happened in 1972. So my dad will be like, do you remember when this thing happened? And she'll be like, that was insane. I mean, not like recent stuff, like not in my lifetime. But if she's like thinking about high school or thinking about college, she's like, I think I graduated in 72. And it's like, nope, that's not correct. (laughs) (laughs) Just everything is 1972. I remember Nixon was on the uh, campaign trail, so it had to be 72. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i guess i'll have to ask uh nate later if it's okay that i brought this up um on the podcast but this morning we were hanging out he told me that his dad doesn't remember what degree he got he just doesn't remember what his college degree was <laughs> he knows it was something science related but has no idea what his degree was <laughs> my my dad had no idea what i graduated with no 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 he doesn't know his own degree he it's not that he doesn't oh. know. <laughs> he doesn't know okay. what degree he graduated with himself okay. <laughs> to show to show where my brain is right now, I just assumed you meant black belt. Like, which degree black belt? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was still thinking about the fight. I don't know. <laughs> he was a black belt with three green stripes. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Is Okay, I'm, I'm kind of dumb. Is, is that how belts work with karate, that you get the black belt, and then they give you stripes of a lesser belt? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Joe, go ahead. Joe? I know this one because I follow uh, the, the actor who played Colt in Three Ninjas and was a Red Ranger. So I follow him on TikTok and he answered this like last week and he said a black belt everyone thinks is like the most prestigious thing but really that's just like okay cool you got the black belt now you can actually go explore and figure out how to master things. Mm. Um, oh, Or the equivalent of depending on the martial art. So like getting a black belt just means like Cool man, but you have you're not you're not a master. You're not even close. It's like the bar mitzvah of the karate world, (laughs) which is like whoa. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. uh, It's like it's almost like graduating like from school, and they're like, okay, you've now learned the basics. Now go Go open a dojo or or a gym and learn more things and teach people and stuff like that. So. I did karate with my family, and do you know what belt I got? White. Purple. I got a white belt, and I never got anything on it because I just complained that I wasn't being able to watch Rugrats. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then eventually they just made me stop going. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's perfect. That's, that's what my guitar career was like. I took guitar lessons for three or four years uh, because I wanted to be a cool person who plays guitar, and yeah. my guitar teacher just gave me music, and I never practiced because I just didn't want to have to so i sucked that's great i was gonna say even three or four years under your belt seems like even not practicing seems like an amount of time that you would be okay at it uh nope (laughs) (laughs) i did the same thing with bass but all i ever figured out was how to play that birthday song by the beatles (laughs) and not even the full song That's, That's a tough bass line. It, you have to stretch your fingers. I I know bass. I have a bass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jim. I'm really impressive. 
when I studied abroad in India, they gave us like a choice of extracurricular classes to take. So you could like take yoga in India, which is what I should have done, or like take a cooking class. And I took a sitar class and I really thought someone else would do it with me. But it was just me going to this random guy's apartment to like <laughs> get sitar lessons. And he had like lots of religious stuff all over the wall, like really aggressive Jesus presence. And um, I he wanted to teach me music, like Indian music theory, which is like beautiful and complicated and like I was not prepared for it so instead I just learned how to play superstition on the sitar yes. <laughs> and just did that constantly that's perfect you're like George Harrison I did have to do a concert though and a guy took the tabla and was like really really good um, and then I come out and play like <laughs> superstitious and maybe blackbird my teacher was not very proud <laughs> but what were you though what did you feel accomplished i felt very satisfied hell yeah i think that's all that matters i once i once listened to a ravi shankar album where it was like a weird instructional album and it does get like very in depth from what he considered to be a beginner level where he's like yes this is how uh, this is how this version of a raja is played and then he played it. I was like, that was the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. How did? Why did you think that me, a beginner, would know this? <laughs> now that I'm a teacher, I realize that what I needed and what it sounds like that album needed was more scaffolding where it's like, give me the slowest steps you possibly have to get to this point where you play anything remotely quick um, or with any skill at all. Can we go back to this, this match, though, between Hulk Hogan <laughs> and <laughs> <Rocky>? <laughs> Because... <laughs> it is so there is so much information missing in this scene yeah. of who knows what and when do they know it and is this real is this like is he actually getting the shit kicked out of him it is very bizarre Wait, are you asking if hulk hogan really beat up sylvester stallone i hope i kind of hope mean, so but i like i do like sylvester stallone more than hulk hogan i, I actually know that i know the fact that it's actually Normally, his brother would do a lot of stand-in stunts for him, like Stallone's brother. But they hired somebody else because even this Stallone wasn't cool with his brother doing. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny because according to Hulk Hogan, where he thought it was made in 1978, uh, he did do all the stunts. No, no, no. St uh, Hulk Hogan did it. Stallone's brother normally would step in, but they got no. somebody else. No, he said that Sylvester Stallone did all the stunts. I think this is the one thing that they they hired somebody. Well, yeah. Some some of the online stuff is lying. Who knows what it is? Uh, I well, give I it to you from a very unreliable source of Hulk Hogan. So great, awesome. <laughs> I guess one of one of the things that I like about wrestling is like knowing that there are that there's communication between the wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like, um, and watching it with Joe has taught me a lot of the like. Okay, here's how you notice like if something's actually gone wrong or here's how you've noticed like this is what the ref is doing to make sure the match is like going the way that it should and like so if this were real life if rocky was actually fighting um thunder what's lips. It? hot lips <laughs> it's hot lips no it's thunder, totally hot lips thunder lips hot lips versus rocky um if they were actually fighting i feel like rocky would know if they were going to do like a spot and know yeah. how to protect himself or if he knew it was a real fight, because at no point is that clear at all. Yeah. Well, they're both amazing actors. Shut up. 
Yeah, haven't you all seen? Haven't you all seen Santa with muscles? Like, like Oscar really Oscar worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just Hulk Hogan showing up on set. Like, they were just filming the movie, and he was just like, what? You guys are doing all right. <laughs> and then he just didn't know. He just beat the shit out of Sylvester Stallone. It's a possibility. It was definitely like Hulk Hogan just told him what to do for a couple minutes, and they did that. <laughs> I thought something interesting was that they lied about their heights. Mm. Like, they said Hulk Hogan was nearly seven foot tall and encroaching on 400 pounds. And in reality, he's like six seven. Six and, six six seven. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he might be like three hundred pounds. Uh, that's that's straight out of wrestling. That's straight out of like pro wrestling. They yeah. they yeah like um the giant big his name's Big Show isn't yeah. actually like seven four. He's like just barely seven foot. Like they which is wild. <laughs> They're still tall, but they like they add a few inches and a few pounds to all their wrestlers. And they also will, like, use it as a qualifier, like, the 300-pounder. Mm-hmm. And it makes me very uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying to remember if Kane, because I met Kane once. I waited all day at a mall to meet Kane. Uh, I'm tr- or someone who's wearing a Kane mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He could do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that <laughs> could be, Kane. Yeah, like the Daft Punk guys. <laughs> I have no idea. That could have been. But I, yeah, I just remember, I have no idea how, if they were actually tall. That was a small being. Is Kane the one from that one clip where uh, he takes off his mask and it's another Kane mask underneath? He's wearing That's red. Sting. He's, oh. Was that Sting? Yeah. Sting did that. He was, it was Crow Sting in WCW, yeah. He took <laughs> off the white mask and then it, he was face painted underneath. So it was the same thing. <laughs> That's the stupidest joke. And I love that joke. It was so good. Kane is under the Undertaker's brother, right? Yeah, K Fab, not in real life, but in WWE. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. It's been a long time. Like I used to have action figures, and I was into wrestling when I was a kid. But then, unfortunately, I must have thought I would. I just like I was done with it for some reason, and I'm wrong. I think I need to get back into it. This movie inspired me. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I probably like wrestling has been. It's turned kooky. Mm. Oh, which is exactly what I want wrestling to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's. It's not about like looking at uh, boobs and seeing everyone bleed all the time and making crass jokes. Now it's like some of that, but less and kookiness. I would say when I when I started watching with you, it was like mostly offensive, but still fun, especially when it comes to like women. And now it's like very occasionally offensive and very fun because they clearly got new writers. The combination of very occasionally i just want to point that <laughs> once in a while the iron sheik still shows up yeah <laughs> that's he has he, he tweets a lot i i've seen his tweets <laughs> <laughs> no there'll occasionally be like a like relationship stuff um where they're like this person's dating another wrestler and it's like uh, why or like stealing women away from each other like that still happens occasionally, but not so much. Yeah, whenever The Rock comes back, there's always one line that we're like, ah, that's it's not the '90s or early 2000s anymore. What was the ho- what was the horrible pregnancy one? Do you remember this, Joe? Oh, it was uh, like they were like a real life couple, and like a real life married couple, and they were about to get a push, and then she got pregnant, and they they like would wrestle together, and like they decided to play it where she was really mean to him and was like, it couldn't be your baby. Cause you're not like a man virile enough. 
That was the worst one. That was the worst one in memory. Yeah, that sounds like a wrestling plot line. I, I didn't know that they've gotten better. I mean, every once in a while you get one like that, so they're not always better. But they're more like they're more like I trained you and I loved you, and now you're you forgot about me, and let's fight. You but know? at the same time, Logan Paul's going to be on next week. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I like the idea of if wrestlers have a baby, that a little baby wrestler just comes out, like, ready to wrestle. <laughs> oh, that's re- Like, so, that's happened. That Hardy's <laughs> No! Oh, I'm so unoriginal. I have no original ideas. <laughs> Matt Hardy, who you probably remember from the Hardy Boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. has eventually in uh, TNA became... Um, broken Matt Hardy where he was like this Shakespearean time traveler stuck here um, and he had his like whole family in on it so he's his son his little baby boy won like a title because they put him on top of someone and stuff so like they had this kid wrestle at that age and then uh, another wrestler who passed away his son is uh, in AEW which is a big one and he's been wrestling off and on and like making jokes he's like 10 and they like give him spots and stuff it's really cool my favorite was when um, this very, very large wrestler, when he first came in, he's like a really, really huge, like scary dude. Um, and they were making a big deal that he was going to have this huge match with a mystery tag team partner. And they were like hinting. Do you remember this, Joe? I don't yeah, Was it a WrestleMania or like a. It was at big... WrestleMania. Oh my God. So he like is make, doing all these hints. Everybody thinks it's going to be a celebrity. And he goes into the audience and gets a like a boy to just come be his tag team partner um and he was like a ref son right joe but it just looked like like a random kid (laughs) that's really adorable for that rough son what is this a green day concert just like i'm gonna pull a kid up on stage let's do it (laughs) i would say that green day and wrestling there is like their circles in a venn diagram overlap Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a perfect circle. <laughs> we all, we all, we all like both, but we don't really tell many people. Yeah, that's real. Joe has Joe has Billy Joel Armstrong been on WWE or any wrestling shows? No, uh, uh, no. Not even a not even a celebrity death match. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I imagine he's been on that. Yeah. There's another Billy that I, Billy Corgan owns wrestling. Okay, owns a wrestling company. Never mind. <laughs> Billy Corgan owns a wrestling company. <laughs> yeah, he used to own TNA. There was a whole thing, and I think he owns. I forget who he owns now, but he owns a smaller company now. Yeah. That was the last person I ever expected to own a wrestling company. You you could have been I like mean, name in... a million people. I wouldn't have named him. <laughs> we're in a super weird timeline. Like David Arquette has a documentary about his wrestling career. Okay, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I want to watch it. It's apparently amazing, but it's also apparently like hard and sad and like a tough watch. A beautiful tough watch. Well, to be fair, if it's a documentary about wrestling, that's kind of what where it's going to go. I I I watched I watched behind the mat, so <laughs> Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know a little bit. Uh, I don't know, maybe one of y'all know about this a little bit better. Uh the the mats I saw something about how the mats for wrestling, or, like, the, the rings themselves are meant to be a little bit safer, obviously, for falling. Like, there's, like, things that, like, absorb, like, hits to it. Is that is that true for all, like, professional uh, rings as well? 
I mean, most of wrestling rings, yes, boxing rings, no, but most of the wrestling rings you'll see have like springs or tires in them to keep them from hurting. But like the cheap, the cheap, the the independent organizations, like the smaller ones, mm-hmm. those rings are a lot more like solid, made with like a little bit of wood and stuff like that than the mm-hmm. WWE rings, which are a little softer. Gotcha. And that's and Joe, that's also why you see them take each other out of the ring a lot, right? So that like they're on the hardwood or they're on the apron. Yeah, or especially on... in WWE, they like point yeah. out in the new in WWE like where the hardest parts of the ring are for effect because everyone's gotten used to knowing that like the middle of the ring is a little softer. Hmm. So they like use that in the narrative now. I hate it. It makes me go <laughs> every time. <laughs> I you you mentioned earlier like uh you can tell when things go wrong. Like what would be like a way that you could tell like something's going wrong, like for real? Oh, so there's like a a cross thing that they do if it's real and they don't well, every once in a while they use it, the wrestler use it within the match, it's like written in, but only if it's known ahead of time it's gonna happen. So like if you see it and it wasn't planned, then everyone knows something's wrong. Um, mm. And then a lot of times the two wrestlers, if you see them like close to each other, they're talking to each other's ears. Uh, there's like communications, like you might say, you okay? And then they tap me twice and they tap them twice, like things like that throughout the match. And, mm. Yeah, it's it's often like they have a general plan, but then throughout the match, they're like, okay, now let's do this as they're grappling and then they go through a sequence and stuff. It's all choreographed, fun show. That's awesome. And to clarify, it is real athleticism and oh, yeah. real like all of that but yeah the or or um i feel like the first way i was able joe tommy to tell is like if logically there's no reason <laughs> that that a competitor could have won like it doesn't make anybody mad it doesn't make anybody happy there's no like storyline but it's like oh you can tell when they have to end things quickly yeah it's like oh that was sudden and sometimes wrestlers don't tell anybody and they finish a match with a concussion or a torn knee and you don't know until the next day. Ooh. Or a popped boob. Or a popped boob. That ha- popped boob happened. That happened? Who'd that happen well, to? Well, an, an, an implant, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Uh, oh, and she okay. finished the match, but yeah. Any relation to Ric Flair? Daughter. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, she's like probably the newest, I mean the number one woman of all time at this point in the last few, like 10 years. She's She's insanely good. She's so good. Isn't I just remember one of the random wrestling facts? I don't know if because so you know, I don't know everybody remembers uh, that one of the real world people became a wrestler. The Miz. Uh, the Miz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you would know, of course. And that just brings me so much joy that that was like you got to see kind of the behind the scenes curtain on that dream, and then it just it happened. He did it. And he is now like he wasn't liked for a long time, and he put in so much work that. He's kind of like beloved now, even though he's always a heel. He won the championship like he just lost it a few weeks ago. So like recently, he's won oh, wow. the biggest championship. Yeah. So he's the underdog. He's like someone that he's not came up on the up. That's awesome. He's like a smart ass now. Who he? I he's mean, he's a, himself. He's, he's an exaggerated person of yeah. of himself. Yeah. Cool. Joe, was he the one whose whose dad was there? And yeah, then... that's when he was a face. His dad was showing up, and AJ Styles uh, beat up his dad. <laughs> <laughs> but his dad is like his dad looks like, like a really normal guy mullet. yeah like me with a mullet it makes no sense like his dad looks like he should be sitting in his front lawn with a beer on like a lawn chair like
Yeah, I'm... I tied it back. Paul... <laughs> I was gonna say, Paulie seems like a wrestling fan. Like he, he seems like one of those, one of the one of the older guys that you've seen around, and you're just like, oh man, I got to deal with this guy. <laughs> he probably bets on wrestling. My whole my whole family was like that. Mm. He probably bets. He probably bets on it, even though there's like a foregone conclusion. He's probably like, well, I got to take the odds. Oh yeah. Uh... There is like Vegas does do gambling on WWE events and stuff. I I mean it makes sense because because they do it on like um, uh, TV shows too, which are obviously planned. And, and they'll be like, "Oh, is in Game of Thrones? Are, is everyone going to die at the end? Place your bets." Um, they do it now when you watch Masked Singer. They they have like advertisements to be like place your bets now to find out who the cactus is or whatever um and it makes me very uncomfortable because it means someone in the world is saying i bet you this much money this is Polly shore somewhere in the world <laughs> is it is it ever three kids in a trench coat has it ever been three kids in a trench coat oh no <laughs> sam do you want to tell him there is a character this year who um the first time they showed up it was one, and then another one popped out behind them and started Great. duetting. Awesome. And then this week, a third one popped out behind them, and they're like, there are three members. <laughs> uh, it's a game-changing season. I have a theory that they get like 100 bucks anytime somebody says game-changing game season. Um, <laughs> and so far it is, I guess. Anyway, Polly sucks. I, I was, I was going to say, I feel like Ken Jong gets 100 bucks every time he laughs over the table. <laughs> yeah, Polly does suck. <laughs> he's not he's not a great guy. He's he's I don't know why he's always in the Rocky series. Like I know it's because he's Adrian's brother, but like why him? Why did, why do I have to keep watching him? They he did get a good line when Stallone was reading Goldilocks, and uh, he asked, right, uh, what happened to Goldilocks? And he said, busted for tras- uh, for tra- ugh, busted for trespassing, got 30 days in the cooler. And I, I spit my drink out. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was very happy. He got, he got some good lines for an asshole. Yeah, and he doesn't get better <laughs> like, as no. the series gets on. He just doesn't get better, and then he, you know, you'll have to talk about that later, but yeah. I, I'd argue he gets worse. I'll find out. I don't know. I don't remember a lot of anything past this, to be honest with you. I, I already told Kai about how there's that one scene where it's his birthday, and then he gets a robot. And then he's just like, oh, yay, a robot! And it's like, that was a whole scene that they had in Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his only scene? No, he's in other scenes, but it's just, that's a whole scene that they have. I love when he just, like, throws a beer at a at a, uh, at a pinball machine, just in the middle of an arcade. He's just a oh, drunk, yeah. angry drunk. Yeah, he breaks Rocky's video game. And that really broke, like, there's no fix in that. You, you have to get, like, a new plate of glass and everything. Not to mention the beer going into the game. Oh, yeah. Well, it's pinball. It's not going to get sticky. Yeah, I mean, it was also at that time where, like, you could you could have fixed it with a screwdriver. Like, there yeah. wasn't much you needed to do. <laughs> you just put the pinball machine in some rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should we should talk more about Polly. Tell me your favorite thing about Polly. Nothing. No. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, when he got spit on. Oh yeah. 
That was an accident. That was just alone, just accidentally doing that. Yeah, oh, Hogan, an accident. Hogan punched him too. In real life? No, but in the ring. No, because he hits him <laughs> with a chair. Yeah, he hits, he hits Hogan with a chair and it gets punched in the face. And it does that classic, like wrestling thing where the chair explodes when it hits him. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people get hit with chair. I I think of all the wrestling, uh, uh, tropes. Hitting someone with a chair is definitely the best one. Yeah, it's 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 probably my favorite. Especially they don't do it over the head anymore. That's which I get, but also like it's cooler I mean, when it's on the head. <laughs> um, I'm fine with them getting hit in the back, and that way I, yeah. I don't get CTE, and I don't have to yeah, deal with the death of my favorite wrestler at 50. Uh, all of them. We like, did. I will say we did have a moment watching this movie together where we were like. This is literally a sport where you hit someone in the head enough times that they can't stand up anymore, and that's how you win. And in a way, like everyone mm-hmm. loses. You talk yeah. about boxing or wrestling? Both. Boxing. Isn't yeah, MMA boxing. fighting? Yeah. Because they're punching each other as hard as they can. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing is, uh, boxing is a little bit da- more dangerous. I think Kai was about to say this mm-hmm. than MMA. Due to the fact that the gloves are bigger, so they can take more hits to the head because of it, because their face doesn't get cut up as much. Yeah. So like it's there's a lot more concussions in boxing than there are in like bare knuckle brawl or like anything else. So by the same logic, me punching you repetitively with sock and boppers is more dangerous than than uh, <laughs> than boxing. Yeah, because it jostles your uh, head around. Okay, I won't hit you in the face with a sock and bopper, Jim. I want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> Anymore. Uh, I've probably given a dozen people a concussion with those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm left-handed. When you're young, nobody sees the left coming. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> waiting for the right. And all of a sudden, there's a left coming to the other side, and you just nail people, and you go, oh, my God, I'm an a-hole. <laughs> Blow them up. Put your hand inside. I'm ready to have your life. 90s commercials were the best. I will stand behind that statement. They were all... <laughs> radical like every <laughs> single one <laughs> like it didn't matter if it was like Beyblades or like an insurance company like lightning was gonna happen was it cinnamon toast crunch did they have a like tasmanian devil character i think that was a little later but they definitely have had one because it was like a okay. cgi one yeah yeah uh. i remember that one i oh is it was it a um I I know I'm bringing it back to wrestling, but was it a, a, a Macho Man Randy Savage, the, the one where he's like in like some I think it was a Slim Jim commercial where he was in like a uh, uh, antique shop and he's like throwing children around. Am I picturing that this? makes sense? <laughs> that like makes total sense. Like I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can picture this commercial very clearly, and then just a wrestler coming in and being like, "Don't do that." Slim Jim, and then they like throw him into a mirror. What just? <laughs> what is? Hold on. Does someone want to describe what just happened? I did that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> hold on. Well, it's a. It's not a video podcast, Sam. So now you have to stand behind what you did. What? What happened to us? Oh my god. Together, okay. Though. I'm okay I with thought... this. I kind of like it. We're gonna keep this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I, didn't know I, I thought it was just my view. I thought I was tinkering with my view. Because Joe had messaged me like I can't see grid mode, and I like all I can see is is one person at a time. And so I 
put it on grid view, and then I put it on large grid view, and then I wanted to see what together mode was, which is there are a bunch of stairs, and it's cut out our heads and shoulders and put them on the stairs. I, I like so when you weird. moved it. Was, Kai, when you moved, it was a little clubber lying behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have a combo with Clubber. <laughs> I love that I'm way bigger now. All of a sudden, randomly, I'm way larger than everybody else. <laughs> it's just me and Club hanging out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate you bringing us here. It's nice. It's good to get outside. <laughs> Oh, I like, like Joe just shrank. <laughs> is that a choice you made? Or how is this happening? <laughs> yeah, how is this happening? Ooh, I changed it back and it's a grid for me. Are you still on the stairs? We're yeah, still in together to... mode. Alright. <laughs> Alright, I'm back to a grid now. I changed oh, it. Is everyone okay? Was how was your time oh outside, gosh. everyone? Was that nice? That was nice. It was nice to take a break. Now that we're back from our break. Um, it's Passover, so I we it's time to talk about Sylvester Stallone trying to speak Hebrew. Yes, my please. favorite part of the movie. <laughs> oh, we we were watching that, and my my girlfriend goes, "Oh, Mick was Jewish," and I was like, <laughs> "Exactly." Yeah, she was like, "We're very underrepresented in movies." I was like, "I don't think you are." <laughs> she uh she had the same thought as a lot of people on the internet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh my gosh, and. And just the fact that, like, the rabbi is feeding him one word at a time makes it so much worse because, like, I, you know, at my synagogue, there have been times where people who don't speak Hebrew have to do a prayer and you do, like, two or three words at a time. So you're saying, like, little phrases that go together. And instead, he's just gargling, like, <laughs> attempts at repeating word for word with their, which makes me think that, and maybe you did some research on this, I don't know. It makes me assume that. Um, they try to do phrase by phrase and Sylvester Stallone was like, this is not going to happen. You got to give it to me like almost one syllable at a time. Like most of it was fine. Most of the words he says correctly, but it's like seven words in he, it's probably a word like Elohim, like one that has like multiple syllables. And he just kind of goes like, <laughs> like does not really try it. <laughs> Yo, Elohim. Elohim, you know, it's, uh, it's good. <laughs> They're a pretty good job. Good funeral. <laughs> to be fair, he does the same thing with the English language as well. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, I well, I guess it's true. He does write whole scenes of him trying to say the language, whether it's English <laughs> or Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> like, he put himself in this position yeah. that he could not do. He wrote this. He wrote this movie and was like, you know, it would be a fun scene if I spoke Hebrew. <laughs> he also directed it. So, it, it, like, he was in control the whole time. And he was like, I'm going to do I got this. Like, yeah, this is it. This is what we do. I also found it weird that he stayed outside the closed door of the, what's it called? The monument. Like, at night. Like, later that night, he was just sitting on his, like, motorcycle. Just staring into this, like, cemetery. It was weird. No, you know what I thought was really weird? Him riding the motorcycle up to his Rocky statue at the top of the steps. Yes! How did he get the motorcycle up there? Yes! 
<laughs> like, I know there's, like, a ramp nearby, but those are some tight turns that you'd have to go up. I was about to defend. I was like, there's only one person that can do that, and that's the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> he did show up in a lot of things on a motorcycle. <laughs> Like he would show up. He would show up to a. a <laughs> he would show up at a synagogue on a uh, on a motorcycle. <laughs> then he hit the casket, and they come back to life. I I've written. I've seen episodes of Happy Days. <laughs> he bang on it twice. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom, life. You're welcome. And they're like, huh? and he goes, hey. <laughs> and then he jumps over them. I've seen episodes of Happy Days, you guys. <laughs> oh. I was. It, oops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that Clubber Lang was really li- loud. Mr. T is a very loud man. He sh- he shouts everything. So he got yeah. a nominated for a Razzie. Um, yeah, because we, I- we all looked at IMDb. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he got nominated for a Razzie for this, which apparently a lot of people are pissed off about because there's mixed feelings about whether or not he like his lines were good and the way that he did things were good. Because uh, he had a lot of quips. He didn't really have a lot of like long sentences. I, thought, I think he was the best in the entire movie and also the good guy like i agree yeah why the good guy i all he was doing was like i'm gonna work hard and fight and be like stop ignoring me because i don't want to get too much in the box but i'm a black man and and this is a black sport and like you're just fucking ignoring me because you're afraid of like because you know i'll beat you and i have to work this hard and you have to do bullshit and they're like well fuck you buddy and like no he's the good guy he's just working hard yeah, he has every right to challenge for the title, and them ignoring him as he's challenging for a title feels like that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Like if you have to, if you have it, you should be required to defend it. I don't know how real boxing works or any of it, but we we were sympathetic. You can like ignore someone you think you're going to lose to if you keep signing yeah. contracts to fight different other, and that's what Mick was doing under without telling him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how that worked when he said that he kept setting those things up. Yeah, Mick, like, he's your manager. He's your promoter and manager. So he books, he's booking the fights for you. So he just won't talk to Clubber Lang's people to set up a fight. Which I, I think one of my favorite parts is in the very beginning when they're doing the Eye of the Tiger thing. And it shows Clubber Lang, like, dominating everyone in the sport. And then it shows Mickey worried in the in the crowd, like, oh, no, I can't get my boy. We're fighting this guy. <laughs> I would have been fine if they had him win, because uh, I was confused that we were, like, barely into the movie, and then the match was over, and I was like, he lost? Okay, that was a short movie. Uh, <laughs> but if they had just put that part at the end instead, and then he won, I would have been fine with that. I would have been, you know, sure, he lost another one. Let's keep going back and forth. He loses, he wins, he loses, he, wins, he, he loses, wins. he wins. Yeah, I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Uh... I, think, I think the only real villain thing was that he pushes um, the coach guy. But, like, that guy was in his way, and he yeah, needed like, him to it, get out of his way. Well, Mick, Mick, Mick walked towards him. Mick, like, jumped in the way and then got pushed mm. a little bit. That's true. And then, However, you know, he died, but, like, that's not That did kill an old man. That did kill, yeah. Kill an old man whose heart was already going. Who shouldn't have been there. <laughs> like, you know, I think that's the point, is, like, I... I think that's where it's like, okay, now I can root for Rocky. But for the 95% of that movie, I'm like, this guy is right and you're wrong, Italian Stallion. I'd I'd argue that the villain moment is when he tells Adrian to leave Rocky because he's a real man. 
Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they that, took that from, so that's that's another thing that comes from real boxing, though. That's like Sonny Liston, Muhammad oh, yeah. Ali, like playing the villain, playing the heel, which also is like, oh, like yeah, kind of gross that you know that has to happen. Yeah, yeah. You can I, see combat. that he was no that he, he he was ready to talk shit. He was always ready to talk shit because he knew that's yep. what because uh, well, there's got to be a phrase about this, right? When you always want to kind of be like the buzz in like people's ears like always just keep chirping or whatever the fuck it is uh and this is more towards like actors just keep putting your face out there and eventually uh someone will fucking pick you up just like keep going never stop i think that was like some advice given to like cardi b she was just like fuck you i'm gonna keep going until people like i'm gonna talk over here i'm gonna talk over here you just like yeah you the grind don't stop. i guess <laughs> yeah. and then it's in the in new girl it's called um bidening Always Biden. be Bidening, because you just nice. always be there like Joe Biden, and he became president. So. <laughs> He's worse than like the State Farm guy. Like I feel like he just shows up. <laughs> I, I was just I was just at my grandma's house the other day. We were watching like something on Hulu, and she has it with ads. And Jake from State Farm is every single commercial, and every time she go, "Ugh, Jake from State Farm." <laughs> I it just occurred to me that. Before they announced this Jake from State Farm, they started showing the commercial where it's like, who are you talking to, honey? And I remember, <laughs> Joe, do you remember being like, why are they showing this old commercial? Yeah, and I just realized just... it was because they wanted us all to think about Jake from State Farm. Yep. They were just giving us a taste. Oh, my gosh. We were all... I was also talking to my grandma about great... Um, uh, uh, commercial campaigns like marketing campaigns and we talked about like geico how geico has so many great commercials it's wild the way that they do like <laughs> continuations and we all recognize it somehow yeah they've turned them into mini tv shows yeah and then they yeah. turn them into real tv shows and nick kroll is the star was that caveman that was caveman <laughs> Was Nick Kroll the star oh, of Gabe? Nick Kroll was the star oh of Gabe. Oh my goodness. It was, it was a very early, it was 2007, so it, it was before he had done anything, like, noticeable. Oh my gosh. Nick Kroll pretty much did anything, and I'd believe you. You could say that he murdered someone, I'd believe you. <laughs> here's, a, here's a fun Nick Kroll fact. Uh, oh, his no. dad owns the company I work for. So Whoa. he sometimes shows up at, like, parties. At like company parties, Nick Kroll does. I guess that's cool. We all is Nick Kroll's cool, right? Do we have a problem with him? I don't I know. Like him. I'll, I'll Google it. Oh, it he didn't work out with Amy Poehler, but like it that's seemed amicable. Neither seemed did amicable. Uh, neither did Will uh, Arnett. Will Arnett. Arnett yeah. That was that was less amicable. That was really sad. Uh, she, well, they were married, and Nick Kroll was like her boyfriend for a few years. We saw Nick Kroll live. That doesn't matter. <laughs> we saw him do a show once. It was good. I do get that, I do get that way sometimes with people where I'm just like, I've seen them live. Okay, you guys could yep. continue talking with what <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing else I can add. I'm just telling you that information that's there. It's just like the first thing that pops in your head. And you're just like, oh, wait, I didn't. You guys continue. <laughs> <laughs> Almost almost two years ago, I went to this thing called Book Expo, which is like, it's a dream. It's mostly for publishers and people who work at libraries, but you can go as an educator and say like, oh, I'm building my classroom library. And it's just like every publishing company 
gives away a bunch of books. They show off like the books that are coming up for the next season. Um, there's like lots of big booths and there are also lots of author signings. And so like, it was the weirdest thing because there were a lot of different author signings, but just like this, where it's like, Oh, cool. I saw this person. They were either like really awkward interactions or you had no idea who they were. So it was just kind of like, Oh, I know that's meaningful to somebody. Um, like I think, Oh shoot. I think James Patterson was there and I just walked past James Patterson and I was like, this is not a huge deal for me. This is a humongous deal for my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say my mom would have loved that. Um, The best was I did wait in line to meet John Hodgman um, for like a sample of his new book, uh, which is very good by the way. And the interaction was the, worst interaction i think i've ever had with a celebrity because he's like i said i I loved your last book i'm so excited for this one or something like that and he said yeah that one was about being famous this one is about how no one wants to watch me on tv anymore and he like starts doing i think it was a bit or it was serious but it was like i'm not famous anymore uh or i'm much less famous than i was and no and like that's not coming back and i just i think i was just like Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> that, yeah, that seems so hard to tell, specifically with John Hodgman. Because, like, yeah. yes. he's exactly the kind of person that will make that exact joke, and then you'd be like, okay. Actually, I I didn't say, okay, thanks, bye. I asked to get a picture with him. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, yikes. But that is what his book is about. It's about not... You're gonna sh- you're gonna show up in this third book. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll seem so much more cultured and witty than I am in real life. He's a gift for that. It seems like it. Uh, he seems like one of those people that write a book about like, like what I want comedians to write books about, which is just like actually funny books that are really that are actually books rather than like memoirs, which they usually do. Yeah, he he his early books are like. When I was in college, he published a book that was, like, a whole bunch of different zombies, and he just, like, classified a bunch of zombies he made up, and it was, like, super fun and very, like, whimsical and silly. Yeah. Um, his vacation land is, like, um, him talking about having a vacation house in Maine and, like, trying to be accepted by mean New Englanders and, like, his relationship with his wife and his kids and stuff. So there's, like, a lot of memoir essay stuff, but it's also... Well, I guess it feels no. It's it's more of a memoir. I want to read Jim. I want to read Jim Carrey's because apparently it's like both a book and a memoir, and he just says a bunch of really weird shit about Nicolas Cage. Awesome. <laughs> Which is all I want in a book. Why? I love that Jim Carrey has insider information on Nick Cage. <laughs> but he made a lot of it up, and Nicolas Cage is like, "That's fine." Nicolas Cage is just cool with it. Yeah, I, I I wish I could remember it specifically because like Jim Carrey is such a strange dude. And when he was doing his um, interviews about it, he was so cagey about like what was real and what wasn't. And apparently that's the most frustrating and interesting part of reading this book is that you have no clue. Well, neither does Nick Cage because he's blacked out most of his life. So he has no idea what he has or has not done. <laughs> Oh my god! I want to watch those two in a movie together, like a horror, <laughs> like a horror buddy cop movie. 
<laughs> I was gonna say like a, a thriller, like a like a horror movie that they survive yeah. together, like a double saw situation where they <laughs> like, do it together. Oh, I was gonna say like the number twenty three. <laughs> 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 I might have been in the wrong headspace for that. <laughs> it's just they do face off too, but it's them just making each other's facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> they were in a movie together. Were they? Give me a sec. Oh yeah, they were. Okay, it was in nineteen eighty six. Peggy Sue got married. I feel like you, you, you two have to do that movie. Sure. At some point on this podcast, it's a mini directed episode. by Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. Whoa. What? <laughs> yeah, but it was after he was good. So like, wait, okay. did you say did you say Andrew Coppola did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phil, former Philadelphia comedian Andrew Coppola. <laughs> As we all know. Oh, I miss my friend Andrew. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you think of no, real life improv. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh, speaking of real life improv, I have to ask because Jim and I went to one of your uh, wrestling improvised festivities. <laughs> oh, and I can't recall what your wrestling names were. Now, I'm open to not just finding out what they were, but if you have a preferred name you'd like to go by going forth, please let me know. Yeah, I'll do mine first because it's simple, and Sam okay. has a couple that are great. Mine's right. just the number two <laughs> and the letter Z, two Z. Perfect. Nice. Which that's all it is. And uh, I also do my other character is um, what was my other character called? Uh, the the pretty guy. Yeah. It was um. Oh my uh... god! We'll think about it. I'll remember. I'll text my my. I'll text Keen. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say Keen will know. Thirst um, Trap. My... It was Thirst Trap, but I spelled it with a U thirst instead of an trap. I, and I wrote Thirst across my chest. Yes. <laughs> Wait, you say a Q instead a of an U I? A U instead of an I. Oh, okay. The Cursed. The Cursed Trap. The Cursed Trap. My character was originally Labia Minora. What's got the best chant of any PCW show and maybe most wrestling nice. shows I've ever heard. Uh, uh, which it was my name to have in the Gila. So Labia Menorah. Labia the whole audience Menorah. just it started doing best. it. We didn't plan it. We didn't write it. The whole audience just started doing that. Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> that might be one of my top moments of my whole life. That was so cool. Um, and then I um, was like, I'm going to be a school teacher. Let's not put this on the internet. Um, so I switched to Broadzilla, like Godzilla, but I'm a broad. Um, and then I also sometimes play characters called uh, the Knit Witch, um, which it, it just is a witch that crafts. Um, and uh, Ironica, who is a hipster who wears dark lipstick because I wanted to try wearing dark lipstick. Nice. Um, and I, I believe hands. Ironica might have the twenty four seven title, or you're you're the you're the hardcore champion right now. The hardcore champion. Um, that, or I think we might have put it on an inanimate object. It might be on a clock. I forget. <laughs> Does Ironica confuse coincidences and Ironica or irony together all the time? <laughs> I don't think I even got that far. We only used it for promos, mm. and so I would like come out and just be annoyed and like have heard about this promo before you ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and drink a Lacroix. 
Um, and I cursed a lot. My parents, uh, we put a promo up on for the show you saw, and my parents were like, you should not curse so much on the internet. <laughs> Good point. I, I, um, I, I do think about uh, the first time Kai and I went to see PCW uh, like three years ago. I loved the crowd for it. Like, <laughs> it's definitely the best crowd that like any show I've ever seen gets. It's so great. Aww. Everyone's yelling at the at the stage. It's amazing. But Kai was in the Kai and I were in the front row, and like everyone was yelling, and Kai was starting to get annoyed. And they were like, "Why? Why is everyone?" <laughs> and I was like, "Kai, it's it's part of it. Like, it's a wrestling match. It's supposed to be like that." And they were like. Oh, and they immediately started getting into it. <laughs> I'm such a hall monitor of improv shows. Like, my instincts, I always nasty stink eye people that are talking during improv shows. So it was so unfamiliar for me to yeah, be that's, at one. That's uh, my wheelhouse, man. If you're coming to a show that I'm a showrunner for, do not expect rules. <laughs> I get it Joe now. Loves, Joe loves crowd chaos. That is, he lives on crowd chaos. Right on. I, I mean, it's it, to me, it's like one of those like essence of improv things where it's like you're just getting the crowd to do something special, and that's awesome. I love it. I love uh, it. Well, we're coming back once we can. We're gonna Steve Norris is gonna work with Plays and Players to get us a monthly show. Oh, oh sweet! Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. So which means we have to get in better shape. <laughs> oh boy, definitely. I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking. Um, of... my... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I've been thinking about this through the entire episode because we were talking about choreographed wrestling, and all I really want is, like, Broadway wrestling. Um, like, I want musical Broadway wrestling, and I don't know why that doesn't exist. Um, would you like to be a character on PCW that does that? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you two end up doing whatever wrestling characters you've been thinking of. You just go, Joe, I got this idea for a character, and I go, cool, you're fighting each other. Let's do it. And we'll make Bob McQuaid choreograph the match for you so you're safe and it teaches you a couple things, like how to fall and things like that. Oh, yeah, I remember it was very early on when I was starting to do comedy. Uh, Drew asked us if we could if we could do it one day because you guys were short of wrestlers that day. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do it that day. But I was like, oh, but I wanted to so bad. That was the matinee Royal Rumble, wasn't it? <laughs> I think, oh I think so. I remember our friend Nick Kronberger uh, was in it. So that show ended up being the highest ticket selling show we had of the PCW series. It was a matinee <laughs> during that well, run. And be specific, Joe, in that run, we did we four did different shows different in three shows nights. for each. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did and, four shows. And I in was three in nights. three of the four and you were in all four. I was sometimes in all four. multiple times. Both, every time, we multiple were, times. We were so broken after. Yeah, so it was, it was just so, I wrote. It was I wrote. So stupid. We wrote four different shows entirely and ran them all in three days. Uh, I always Jesus. appreciate it, Joe, when you break the fourth wall and just go. I'm fucking tired. I can't. You just, let, you just let people know you're like I'm done. <laughs> and like I've always been on your side. I think the rest of the audience is like. It's okay, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I use that in improv and wrestling. Like, I, <laughs> I was just about to say one of my early memories of improv was I was sitting in a show for um, uh, 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 Black Friday and I was sitting in the front row and then you sat down next to me and went, this is a disaster. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
and I just thought that was the funniest. And it, it was the first time I'd ever even seen you in something because it was like I, I just started doing improv like two months earlier, and I was like, "Oh my god, someone from the stage is talking to me." And then you find out Joe, it's me. It's like, oh, that's Joe. He talks to everyone. He's too annoying. I did stand up for the first time five times that marathon. Where I was oh like, I'll god. just, I'm just gonna talk on the mic because no one showed up for their five minute spot. Oh, you know what? I I remember I left because you and I remember Drew was one of the people and then someone and a couple other people were like, all right, this is a host bit. Um, someone's going to fall into this box. And I was just like, <laughs> it's four in the morning. I got to go. <laughs> I remember that bit. We didn't know who was going to fall into the box. <laughs> we didn't have it planned. I think you just ended up going, oh, shit, it's about to end. And then you just fell into it. Yeah, that's me. That's what that's makes sense. For Joe's uh, Joe, can I tell about your thirtieth birthday? Yeah. For Joe's thirtieth, I we love surprise parties to the point that we all should just constantly be expecting it, but we never are. Um, <laughs> we never learn. Um, but I wanted to throw him a big party, and so I set up a an improv royal rumble, which Nick Elmer used to coordinate, and so I like he helped me coordinate, and. Um, we, for some reason, I think it was Steve Norris. We ended up all going in on a breakaway table, like a balsa wood table for Joe, so that he could go through a table properly. And uh, and it was like small; it was like a side table size. And so we do the we get ready for the Improv Royal Rumble. I have his sister and twenty eight of our uh, her our yeah, and twenty eight of our friends crammed into our back room. When I think about it bananas it was very hot in there like very crowded um rob eliziani is texting me like we promise we're coming we're almost there and i'm and he stopped to get air in the tires of his car and made me help and i was three <laughs> golden crap. monkeys in i was three <laughs> golden monkeys in trying to help those are 9.4 so if anybody yeah, doesn't know I was, that i was wrecked before i got home just yeah. to put this in so... context and he was just supposed to like take him to like make him go to his improv show or something just to get him out of the house. And so there's a bunch of people in our living room all sitting and waiting to watch a show. A bunch of people in the back room being like, come on, please. Like, we're so overheated. And um, then Joe comes in. He curses at me because he didn't want to be surprised and he was very drunk. It and then they do curse. the show. No, it was just like, oh, fuck. Um, they do the show and. The last people coming in are like all of our wrestling fanboys and um, a real wrestler, a, a real wrestler named Johnny Cockstrong, um, who does a lot of penis based jokes, as far as I know. And um, he had like planned out like a move where he was going to like put Joe through the table safely, but awesomely. They brought like a cardboard chair to hit him with Sam, um, real quick before we tell the end. Uh, I also chugged multiple beers during the show because it was 28 <laughs> improv scenes and wow. people kept handing me beers. So I kept chugging them and putting them down. And your sister's friend also came in and was like, I bet you can't drink this faster than me, which was the wrong move. <laughs> but, I whooped her. But so, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so, so by this point, Joe's a mess. He's had to do 28 improv scenes. I go, I pause the show to bring out the table, which I wrapped the top of. I put it down. Everybody's very excited. Um, Johnny Cockstrong comes out, hits Joe 
the like very gently with the cardboard chair and joe just topples right through the table no fancy moves nothing he just falls flat straight through i was very drunk i was so drunk we have a video somewhere. And this, and this table was so stupid expensive and like was ridiculous. I just looked up and I did see a few people that were like, oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone that was there signed it and it's now hung up on the wall behind me. Oh. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, I, I, uh, it turned out fine. But turned out great. But Joe, Joe will go through any boxer table. I've gone through multiple tables and boxes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know. <laughs> yeah, if you ever have a spot where someone needs to go through a table in a show, let me know. I'll build one out of cardboard with pillows and stuff, so it's safe. And he's good. probably already outside waiting for you to let him do it. He's so excited about it. <laughs> Joe, loves, Joe loves going through a table. <laughs> if Eric Andre ever needs a substitute, just. Hit him up. <laughs> That's, I mean, he's pro- Eric Andre is probably more of my influence on my comedy than I should admit. On, like, what I want to do in comedy. That's the better way to say it. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, because, like, seeing what you do on stage is it's very not similar to him. Yeah, no, but, like, the chaos and the damage, that's what I love. It's just, yeah. I, I, like... Too Late was a, was a very old show. I, Sam was a writer on that we did. It was like a late night talk show with my friend Rob, but he's like more of a Johnny Carson. So I, I always lean towards the safer side when really I got to stop and like just be as nuts as I want. And we'll see what happens when this is when I'm able to. I just guess yeah, what Joe, Eric, Joe loves the chaos. I, I just guess what Eric Andre's sign was, and I know nobody really, not everybody's down with this shit, whatever. And I was 100% right. Any guesses what Eric Andre's sign is? Scorpio. Sagittarius, Capricorn. That motherfucker is. Well. He's an Aries, and okay. anybody who gives a shit about that will totally get it. Uh, no offense. I guess we're just gonna shit on Aries for a second. But to me, Aries has always been that person who's kind of just like go around the table and it's like, all right, everyone's good, 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 good. We made the decision. All right. I didn't really check to make sure everyone's good. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been told that I'm a Sagittarius, and I've always been told that that makes total sense. But I don't know that. Like, I don't know why. I, every time I read, I'm, I'm Scorpio. Every time I read Scorpio, I'm like, this is literally the complete opposite of who I am. Because it's always like <laughs> conniving and manipulative and absolutely will destroy you. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm like that at all. In fact, I don't think I'm brave enough to be manipulative. <laughs> what if you're manipulating yourself into thinking that, though? Oh, no. <laughs> Little old me. <laughs> <laughs> there are now... On a uh, on Comcast, if you have, if you have cable, there you can now search for TV shows by your star sign, which is the weirdest crap ever. So like, I'm a Gemini, Taurus cusp, um, but Gemini, and it was like, um, it wasn't things with twins. It was something else. But then it was like you're an air sign, so it was all mo- it was all movies and TV shows that had the word air in it. Um, up in the air it's it, yeah. you can tell they're very bored there <laughs> very so, bored so I was just like I don't know signs are a popular thing what if we did something on that and they were like let's yeah, not do works. any research on this <laughs> yeah let's just throw it in this <laughs> Joe's, 
<laughs> Joe's were all comedies. So, like, it was like, you like laughing, right? <laughs> it was like Family Guy, Simpsons, Bob's Burger. It was just like all of, you know, always stuff I, like just all comedies. A lot of have. stuff I don't actually watch, though. You enjoy yeah. happiness, right? So here's a bunch of things <laughs> making you happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this semi-related. Um, I was grading a bunch of my students' essays, and I gave them like sentence starters for how to start their essay. It was like persuasive essays. They chose the topics. They're awesome, badass kids who like wrote about animal testing and trans rights and uh, racial equity, and like so proud. But <laughs> half of these these essays start with things like um one of them was like have you heard about video games (laughs) i mean i'm interested i'd click i'm clicking on the link (laughs) it was like have you heard about video games some think their brain oh was it brain squandering it was like he clearly googled some interesting words and was like yes this is what i want to say it was like some people say their brain scrambling wastes of time but actually and then like wrote a very nice essay about how there's like educational and language building and like other skill building content and video games but a lot of them were kind of like imagine that you are an animal (laughs) they're all just like a little bit too silly and that's why i love seventh grade too too whimsical there's no such thing as there's no such thing as too whimsical for me well, maybe. Yeah, I think it's possible. I <laughs> think. Uh, I was really hoping um, we would let Joe. Noel Fielding's like... new. Sh- <laughs> I was really hoping we would let Joe just like go through that. <laughs> Hold on, I need to hear both of those things because I didn't hear either one of them. Yeah. Sam, go ahead. I didn't hear either one either, and I was oh. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Fielding's show after the Mighty Boosh was too whimsical, I believe, and too surreal for audiences. To the point where they got a second season and they did multiple episodes on like, you don't get this because it's too whimsical and surreal. And that is why I love it. Jim, what was the thing you were going to say? Was it as good? Was it? (laughs) My thing, the moment passed. I really, (laughs) I was going to say, I wish we had let Joe like keep going with the thought of too whimsical. Because I was like. (laughs) <laughs> I was, you, you did that thing where you like like petered off of like it's too whimsical nah nothing's too whimsical I guess it could be and I was like I want to I want to hear where this trade of thought goes still, if it helps if it helps I'm still going through it in my mind like where's the line and I'm trying to think about it and it's like like cosplay is not the line but there's a very specific subset of Disney cosplay that I think becomes too whimsical but I don't know how to explain where I- that is I think TikTok is where you find the line between whimsy and too whimsical. Uh, because, like, there are lots of, I have lots of, like, cartoony TikToks or, like, ones that are literal cartoons where it's just like, this is perfect for me. This is very silly. Someone made up a song about not wanting to go answer the door or something like that. And then uh, there's this one lady who, like, is totally living her life and doing her thing. But it was like, I wonder what clouds dream of and like she just said a bunch of like manic pixie dream girl times 100 phrases and i think she was being ironic but a lot of people were like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) no i would never crap on anybody for being whimsical though 
even if they're the most whimsical. Like, I'd be like, okay, that's your thing, but I'm not. Whimsy is a very, like, oh, you're just happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're angry at someone for being whimsical, you're like, oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just angry at their happiness. Yeah, exactly. You're making me think of one specific person. Her name is Deluna, and she's not going to listen to this podcast, and no one's going to know her by that uh, net name. But cool, so we could trash them. She's this harpist that I met at, like, a random Middle of the Woods barn concert. And she randomly showed up when my my grandfather was passing and we're in hospice because she plays harp for preemie babies because she's that person. And she's just this, like, beautiful, just, like, let me enter your spirit <laughs> person. That's just, like, and she just happened to be walking by my room and she she's like, oh, would you all like me to play a little bit for you? And what she started to play... Uh, my grandfather's brother was there, and he started to, I forget what it was, but it's something that, it was, that he hummed along to, and it, like, left an impression on him, and, like, it genuinely soothed him. Aww. What a wonderful moment. And I was just like, did a fairy just pop into my <laughs> fucking room? Like, when she left, I was like, I was both happy and, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> was that real? <laughs> angel? Was that real? Did that happen? That's so beautiful. It, it was. You met a literal angel. <laughs> I think we're Facebook friends still. I don't know. I don't see much of her content these days. Well, um, I don't know if you saw that, but God has Facebook according to some TV show. <laughs> I believe oh, that. God friended me? God friended me. There it is. So, of course, angels have Facebooks, too. Oh, I didn't know this a possibility. TV show that I'm now going to Google. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think it was a we one were... season, two season like, short thing. I think we were in a bar and you were watching the Eagles or we were waiting for it to come on, Joe. Do you remember this in New Orleans? Yeah. And, and God Friend of Me was on with subtitles and I was like, yeah, I'm invested. This guy has to go do good deeds. I'm on board. But I didn't oh. watch any more than that. Is it, like, the... is it like the 100 good deeds of Eddie McDowd? Maybe a little bit. I didn't watch that. Uh... Does anyone remember that Nickelodeon show? I remember that. I remember that. Dog? Yeah. I was going to say My Name is Earl, where he has to do good things every time, too. I do love that show. Didn't age very nice. well, because it was like 2005, but still. Yeah, nothing from that time period really aged great. Jim, why did he? Why did we talk about My Name is Earl on this podcast? I don't know. I love that show. No, it's because it's the, the guy from Boy Meets World was in something else that we watched. Oh, Ethan Suppley? Ethan Suppley. Yeah. Was yeah. he in a Home Alone? Was he remember, a bad guy in a Home Alone? Remember the Titans. <laughs> yeah, that is a movie he was in. <laughs> oh, you know why Ethan Suppley came up? Um, we were talking about uh, uh, Without a Paddle. <laughs> which you should never need to talk about which we don't need to talk about again on this podcast <laughs> I remember that movie I watched that more than once for some reason so have I everybody gets 30 seconds to talk about without a paddle I don't need it I'm good definitely go watch it if you've never watched it just once and if you know be stoned for it <laughs> oh, it's so bad I, I once told my friend, I was like, this has all three of my guilty pleasure guys in it with uh, uh, Matthew Lillard, Seth uh, Green, Seth Green, and the other guy. Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard. Oh, I love Dak Shepard. He can show up in anything. I'm just like, this is going to be good. I don't know why. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Zathura. Uh. <laughs> no, that that is your, yeah, you're happy when he shows up in that. Chips. 
Not good. Not good movie. Not Have you watched the new Chips? No. <laughs> it's no. it's Dax Shepard and Michael Pena, and it's aged, but like it's from a year ago, so it shouldn't have. It it feels like a movie that was written in the '90s or '80s, but they like left all the inappropriate humor in a little, like too much. Ooh. Every now and if then, if I may, ch- if I may change the subject, we'll go ahead, Kai. But then I have a thing I want to say about the movie that we were supposed to talk about. No, every now and, <laughs> and then I think I, all I was. No, it's a one-off sentence. All, every now and then I think TV forgets that like. We're all trying to stop shit. Like we're like, we're, I feel like there's just stuff that it's surprising that people miss the memo. Yeah, uh, that what your shit is doing, majority of people are gonna be like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Yep, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Anyways, that's my feeling on that. And when shows do something that like feels especially like current or woke, you can just feel executives being like, oh yeah, we did a good job. We're yes. gonna get like, money. Just, <laughs> I just finished watching like, Modern Family, and like the early seasons are very like that, where they're just like, yeah, we're doing such good shit for gay people, and then but it's like very stereotypical of uh, of uh, portrayals of gay people. It's very, it's a very weird show. <laughs> I'll take the misconceptions in order to get us where we are now. Like, I will always be like, Will and Grace, yes, that's not what gay people are, like, for everyone. Uh, but if it wasn't for that kind of shit, we wouldn't be here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. I saw a tweet today that was, like, a still of Lil Nas X's new video, which I haven't watched yet, but apparently it is, like, the most wonderfully gay thing ever. And uh, they were like, you all are so lucky you have this. Because we had to make do with this, and it was a picture of uh, Kurt from Glee doing the um, single ladies dance. Uh, that's that's the representation we had to get by with. Sometimes that's the best gay you got on TV. Yeah. What I was going to say, speaking of representation, is um, I will be honest. I didn't. I know I've seen the first Rocky, but I don't think I was awake for all of it. Um, I have not seen the second Rocky. So, it's the same as so the first. I was like, well, I was basically like, hey, Joe, if I have questions, you can fill me in. Um, and I'm fascinated by Adrian for two reasons. Um, sure. One, I feel like as a Philadelphia person who also has relatives in Jersey, um, she was such a fashion icon in a way that she should not have been. <laughs> in that, like, in that, like, I think everybody has an aunt with that haircut or who had that haircut and like that amount of um, makeup. And then the second representation that I was thinking of is that scene at the end where she's trying to tell Rocky, like, you're afraid and it's okay to be afraid. Um, and they just, they just scream at each other the whole time mm-hmm. in a public place. And the scene never escalates because it's already at like an eight of like, (laughs) (laughs) and and all I could think about was like, there are people in this world who that is like, that's their relationship goals Mm -hmm. is to just scream at your person on a beach as loud as you can and hope that that is supportive enough for them. You're making me want to green screen this on in like so many places, like in the middle of a Chili's, in the middle of a mall, <laughs> in the middle of someone else's wedding, like in a boxing ring. <laughs> Stop the fight! You're afraid. Their own kid's birthday. Who got like one line? I don't. Know. Not to get oh, off topic kid. again, but uh, <laughs> my parents, like my dad's. 
very early on took my mom to a wedding, like in their relationship, like third or fourth date brought my mom to a wedding for his family. Um, and there was a giant fist fight brawl where half the people got arrested. <laughs> at the wedding? At the wedding, yeah. From oh the two God. sides, they got married. Just a huge fight. Just a huge brawl. It's none of the people that are still, like, in our family. So, don't worry. It's not, like, the people that will be coming to our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not going to have wrestling at your wedding? Oh, we're doing – we might be doing wrestling entrances into the reception. <laughs> Now we have to release the episode way later, so no one finds out. <laughs> no, it's not a secret. It's, not okay. a secret. it's all yeah, because we still don't really totally know how we're going to pull that off. It's just always yeah. been something we've talked Thought about, about doing. doing. You, you may now stone cold stun the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been practicing the worm. <laughs> I've been practicing the worm. I'm about a about a month away from being able to do the worm in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> that last month it takes it's that's the hardest part <laughs> yeah for a while we were we were we were talking about for these entrances like do, actually doing wrestlers entrances like not making our own entrances that feel like a wrestling entrance but like just replicating a wrestler entrance i don't think we know where we've landed on that but my joke is uh one of my favorite wrestlers is this guy named finn balor who is like a very good wrestler and uh I, and like very like LGBTQ friendly, even though very, he's not yeah. like technically identified or anything like that. But like I have a rainbow shirt with his logo on it. Baylor um, Club for everyone. Baylor Club for everybody. And um, but sometimes uh, the demon takes hold, and he's uh, demon Finn Balor, and he has this like very intensive makeup where it makes it look like there's just this giant monster mouth like on his body and that's my joke is that i'm gonna leave the reception to go put that makeup on <laughs> with, my wedding, with my wedding dress and come back as demon bride sam april <laughs> your guests are not ready <laughs> no, no one will like it and no one will get it <laughs> but, but Isn't that the best part? that's not true <laughs> keen and drew will get it and my mom's boyfriend. Those three yeah, people. And, and Courtney Farrell, because I explained it to her. <laughs> yeah, you're really playing in the back of the room. For our listeners, you don't know who Drew is, but you'll find out in two episodes okay. when we have Drew on for Rocky Five. <laughs> you have a Drew on for Rocky Five? Yeah. We are, yeah. That's so funny. Oh. He's never seen any of the Rockies, so yeah. I don't know if he's going to watch them from now until then. Um,. But yeah, he's coming on for the worst one. The worst one. <laughs> it's 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 not even like the worst one in like an exciting way because that's the fourth one. Like it's the worst one in like a oh my god, just let this be over. Yeah, because the, the that one is all about the backstory, and that's why it's terrible. Like mm-hmm. it's just a recap movie with a bullcrap fighter. We'll talk about another one. This <sighs> the third one is actually my favorite Rocky movie. I like by I, a lot. I, I would say I, I think this is the one that like everyone would agree. I like I I love the first one because it is a classic movie. It it I think it does uh, the story of an underdog the most successfully than any of the other movies does. Yeah, it it does sure. a story the most successfully, but it's also as I asked my dad about it and he was like, "Oh, that movie is technically terrible. Like all the acting is terrible. It's all like wonky written. It's it's not great." Yeah, but the third one is when it like finds its likes. 
Yeah, I don't think people realize that, like, if you're thinking about Rocky memorabilia or Rocky imagery or Rocky sounds, almost all of it comes from this movie. Yeah. Like, Eye of the Tigers from this movie. Um, the statue? Mr. Yeah, the statue from this movie. Mr. T, uh, his actual saying, I pity the fool, is from this. It's never yep. been said in the A-Team. Like, it's wild how much comes from this. The double punch painting at the end. Mm-hmm. It, it just cracked me up. I was like, yeah, there's so much in this. I have to bring it up just because I need to know if anyone else saw it. When he came down the stairs to taunt Rocky before the match, the first one, he he comes down and he says the words like, hey, sucker. But if you play it back multiple times, it's like, hey, Stallone. <laughs> 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 I keep hearing it. I can't unhear it. I had to listen a few times. <laughs> I, I have to say that happens sometimes in movies where like someone will say the real actor's names and I never notice. But it's like the most obvious thing in the world that like someone called someone by a different name than what their character is. But I yeah. never know. Like someone will be like, hey, Sly. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that guy's name is Sly. No, wait, his character's name is Rocky. What are they doing? <laughs> Sam, I wanted to hear what avenue you were going to take us down. Take us there. Oh, I messaged you about this, but this is very silly. I had no idea that the Rocky statue was for a Rocky movie. Yes. Um, because the way it was introduced to me was my mom, like we drove by it. My mom was like, oh, I took a class in college with the guy who made the Rocky statue. And in my head, it was someone made some Philadelphian art and their Philadelphian art took the form of Rocky the boxer. And it lived at the museum. And then they were like, here's a statue we can use for this movie. And then that scene starts. And I turn to Joe and I go, oh, my God, they made this for this. Yeah, and it's probably the most famous piece of art to come out of Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, and he that. tried to donate it to a museum, and they were like, "We don't want it." Yep. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it. We'll put it down what? near the stairs. They they originally had it down at the stadiums for a while. Yeah. I don't. I I remember. Um, it was like behind a fence in like some bushes too. It was very like, it was very obscure. And then eventually they were like, "What if we put it back at a? What if we put it back at the art museum?" And they're like, "All right, but at the bottom of the stairs." Yeah, we don't want this mucking up the good art on the inside. And the whole time I'm like, I come here for the statue. <laughs> like, my I, my favorite yarn bombing because our a park near us just got yarn bombed in like the most adorable way. Where like yarn bombing, if you don't know, is like you knit or crochet pieces and then you wrap them around things um, like posts, uh, bicycle racks, telephone poles, fences. Trees. Trees. Um, trees mm-hmm. in in the park near us someone planted pom-poms like flowers which made my head explode with cuteness but my favorite yarn bombing ever is uh someone made a sweater for the rocky statue that said go see the art on it <laughs> <laughs> wow because joe this is this is how opposites attract is i would be one of those snobby people being like go see paintings yeah there i would go paintings in and art in there yeah um and you're like, well, we could see the Rocky statue and do the stairs. But then you would go in because that's how we meet in the middle. Yeah. I don't know. I've like only gone in once. Stuff. I've only gone in once and it was the last time right before I moved to Minneapolis that I think, Jim, you were there. We went in for how long? Me Maybe and Kelsey 15, went there. 20 minutes? No, we were, we were in there for a while. We went to every room. It just felt short. I felt like we had to rush it. Uh, you probably rushed it because I hate museums and I was probably like basically running through it and then you guys just took my lead, which 
if that's the case, you should go without me and go see it because it's actually it's a it is a great art museum. I fell in love with it um, in high school because I took an AP art history class and we were close enough that they could like bus us into the city a couple times a year. And so we I would go off with my friends and we were supposed to be in the like medieval art section, which is just like all Jesus's and Mary's and other religious imagery. And we would do voices for the paintings they would be like a little oh. bit silly and we'd be like, mm, Jesus. <laughs> and like, that was, that was how we fell in love with the art museum was like getting lost in all these rooms and being like, um, there's one we call Fosse Jesus. Cause he's a little bit like, mm. um, like he's dancing. Uh, Kelso and I did that when we were at, <laughs> when we were at it with Kai, where we did that with a couple, I don't remember any of them. I just remember there was a really sad man and that was a, big joke for Kelso. <laughs> Speaking of art museums, I was to explain my differences, I was more of like a Franklin Institute kid, if that makes oh. sense. Like I wanted to touch and play yeah. with things. Yeah. Same here. I I uh, we used to go every year because yeah. we would get off on St. Patty's Day because I went to a Irish Catholic uh grade school. So we we get to go there, and there would be no one there because literally no one has off on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the thing where you like hold both things and it sends electrical current? Yeah. Yes. And me yeah. and my friend put our mouths on it at the same time. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and the security guard just looked at us and goes, "You know you can't do that." Just like disheartened, <laughs> wasn't even angry, didn't yell at us, didn't tell on us or nothing. Just like. Kids, like, come on, guys. You know, you know that's not a thing you're supposed to do. We were just like, yeah, you're right. We just walked away. So, I got. You guys ever done firecrackers? Anybody know what those are? No, but I I I, like the sound of this. You you put weed inside. uh, It's really lazy. You put weed inside of uh, peanut butter and then smush it between saltines and then uh, bake them in the oven and then eat them. Um, that's that's some high school smoking pot thing, but yeah, it's some no no no. You're very at close. It's college shit, and I did it, and then I went to the MoMA where there was a psychedelic ex, uh, exhibit, and I went into a room with like fuzzy shag carpet with like an orb that, depending on where you were standing, it would make different sounds. What's that? I'm looking up how to make it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they're they're okay. And I just texted Joe, so we're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so when I did those, I I did two things that day at that museum. One of us, me and my friend David, kept going up to people, and we'd go up to people right like, were around the art, and we go, you know, you're allowed to touch it, right? They told us we can touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrible. And I also, when we they were closing, I was in that room with the, like the fuzzy carpet with my shoes off when I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and just moving around the room, and it was like, <laughs> they're like, we're closing. You need to go. <laughs> if you can ever go to the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, um, my one of my improv teams did a show there, and we most of us went to the Warhol Museum like the day we were there, and they have um, like a silver cloud room. It's like they have all of these abstract shaped balloons that are made of like silver whatever that like more expensive balloon material is and they're really big and i have a picture of joe wenderhovitz um like playing with these balloons and it's just the most wholesome shit ever 
Um, it is so lovely. And they have a bunch of other like immersive rooms where there's like really squashy beanbag chairs and all kinds of lights and things. Um, and the only other like real distinct memory I have from that is we took a picture together, a couple of my friends and I from that team. And there's just an old woman in the background being like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> she photobombed you? <laughs> it's, the, it's the best photobomb I've ever seen because so she's great. very earnest about it and very cool. My favorite thing, I um, I don't post on TikTok. I don't think I'm on TikTok, but I know at, in some world I am because last year when school was in person, my favorite, favorite thing was I had a couple of students who just loved making TikTok videos where they'd all do the same dance and they'd like put it on one of my bookshelves and I would creep up behind them like I was going to like like devour them like a monster or I'd creep up behind them making like a really stupid face or try to do the dance with them in the background just to really mess with them. Cause they were like taking it very seriously. And um, my favorite moment was when one of my students um, who is this very lanky blonde boy goes, you know, teacher Sam, I can make you TikTok famous. <laughs> like an <He's> agent. Right. <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> he's he's right tiktok would eat that shit up it's true that's true um well at that time i wasn't on it and now i'm obsessed with it so before i was like that's kid stuff and now i'm like i need joy i knew someone that was tiktok famous like i i knew them before and then they had a video that went viral with like it's a lot of million choice. views or something like that and uh. then Life has not changed for them. Tell them to make me TikTok. They're literally. Yeah. I've actually tried. The, okay. the one person I didn't promote on here uh, that I didn't ask for it on TikTok is, do you all know Miss Connie? No. Okay, so I'm gonna, I, I honestly, I'm probably going to mess up what her exact TikTok name is, but look up someone named Miss Connie. She pre- pretends to be like the guidance counselor um, that we all needed and loved who would just be like, oh, no, honey. That there's no way the teacher's gonna talk to you like that. I'm not. I'm gonna call your mother. We're gonna get you taken care of. What's that, Holland? Oh, you need new pants. I got you. Like every, she's got so many different versions where she's clearly just in her house losing her mind in a pandemic, but she does such a good. Oh, you're gonna love oh. this as an educator. I promise you. Um, she does such a good job of just being that person that we all needed. I, I every now I had that guidance counselor. Uh, I was very fortunate. That was like, oh no, I'll talk to your science teacher. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> i love i love teacher tiktok it's it's really great because it's like half very helpful like tools and tips and like people just being like you got this you're okay and then the other half is like here's a really ridiculous thing my student said to me or like here's a thing that made me feel very old um or here's how i prank my kids and both are Aww. all the content i want i i just popped onto tiktok to like look up the person you were talking about <laughs> the very first video is a video of uh, local Philadelphia comedian Benny Feldman. Wait, what's what's his name again? Uh, on TikTok, he's Feldfrog. Is this the person who has the joke about non-binary people? Yes. I know this person. I'm going to tell their joke. Is that terrible? Should I not do that? Is that a bad thing? No, you're crediting on them. I feel like you're... I feel like then you I feel like then you ask them to be on your podcast. That's I like would love role. to do that. Yeah. I have I've definitely I have, actually I asked them to quote if it was okay I think I asked if it was okay to quote them on Facebook when before I told their joke so uh, maybe this is the extension of that permission but uh, it was uh, they say a man's best friend is a dog and 
uh, misogynistic advertising will have you believe that a woman's best friend is a diamond. Well, my non-binary friend has a birthday coming up, so I'm going to get them a pet rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's funny. As a non-binary person, I love it. But as everyone, you should love that. It's so stupid and delightful, and I just really appreciated it. That's good. And now I'm going to find out that I'm thinking of the wrong person, and (laughs) that's not their joke. No, 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 it is. That is Betty Feldman's joke. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's really dumb. I probably butchered it, but I think it's great. If you want to have a, a, a wholesome moment for a second, um, I run my school's Gender Sexual Orientation Alliance, and um, we have, like, actual fifth graders who um, were – originally it was, like, sixth through eighth grade only, and they were like, could we please join? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then these two kids went to every fifth grade class to do a presentation that they made themselves – about what they think the GSA is so beautiful and cute and amazing. So there's your wholesome moment of like the future being very sweet and queer and, and interested in informing each other about how to be better humans. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, stop. Why'd you break my heart? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn it. No, that, that brings me a lot of joy. Thank you. You just made. Do you know what really broke? Do you know what really broke my heart? <laughs> listening to listening to Sylvester Stallone try and cry when Mick died with me. <laughs> I suppose at some point towards the end of this, we should talk about the movie a little bit. Go ahead, Joe. What are you? <laughs> That's all. I was just like, I'm gonna. Like, this is probably a terrible point to make a joke, but I'm gonna be the one to do it. And I I made a joke about Sylvester Stallone crying instead. Um, but it, like it reminded me. Like I just thought about when you said you. Why do you make me cry? Like that reminded me of that scene um, where uh, Mick dies in the back because they waited an entire boxing match to transfer. (laughs) I was like, why are they waiting? Yeah, wait, you're right. Why, why they wait probably 45 minutes to an hour because it was like four rounds in it was, or like, and the entrances and all like the amount of time that they wasted letting this guy lay on a bench in a locker room, dying of a heart attack is ridiculous. Uh, and then Rocky comes back, the director of the movie, and cries the worst bad cry I've ever seen, maybe, in cinema history. And he's like, you're right. He's like, yeah, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> Got it. One, no, one take. No, I was going to say, no, on the first take. Let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> Get up, Burgess. I don't know what's short for Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> what a movie. Okay, so th- this is the part where I want to make sure that there's no stone unturned. I want to make sure that there's notes about this movie that we get them. So mm-hmm. uh, I can vamp, or if you have some, go right ahead. Your call. I was going to say, I have one that like we didn't talk about, and I really thought it was going to be something that we would talk about the whole time. All right, well, it's going to happen. You're welcome, fans. We finally are going to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just how amazing... All the like thigh shots and like half yes! shirts and the like little mm-hmm. dance number they do together. It's it was the best gay porn I've ever seen. It's so <laughs> good. Like I, I'm one hundred. It's it's very like eighties macho, which is very like they love each other so much they hug and I'm like yes, like do this. But it also is like 
<laughs> a lot of shots of thighs running. <laughs> oh, it was just dick. It was super erotic. Like, yeah. super erotic. I went back and I watched it in slow-mo. <laughs> I think I actually said the words, am I making this happen? Because every yeah, time did. I went to you comment on, <laughs> on how close those shots were running on the beach, I, I thought that perhaps, like, did I make this up was i just thinking about it and then like it would happen again oh my gosh very strange and the, the super sexual tension hugs yeah. at the end like i texted kai about it and they were like what are you talking about they're just best friends like they're just good <laughs> friends who live with each other and like <laughs> and they're just always around each other like i don't know what you're talking about i sent you a video of statler and waldorf because that's my example of what that is <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'll go back to Sattler Wardoff in a second, but I, I just wanted to mention, I really love in the, um, in the, the fight between him and, uh, Apollo Creed, which I always assume is immediately after his fight with, I know it's not, but I always immediately, I always think it's immediately after Clubber lying. But, uh, even then Apollo Creed is like, all right, let me ring the bell. Ding, ding. ding. <laughs> it's like, that was so <laughs> sexual. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, they, they show them about to punch each other and they stop. We don't know what happens after the foreplay starts, you know? Yeah, and then the Eye of the Tiger starts playing. <laughs> Which is... Oh, never mind. It's a butthole joke. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring on the butthole joke. All the things I've said, I'm like, wait, that's where I'm going to... I'm just going to hold it there. You don't like, have if to. You eye of the Tiger, Joe. Eye I of like, the Tiger. I like ruining songs. So, like, if you reframe the Eye of the Tiger thinking it's a butthole, it's a very funny song. Just like if you reframe uh, Come On Eileen and think it's about no. it the, with a U-M instead of O-M-E, it's a very funny song. I always assume it's... that's what it's about because, like, they say take off your dress. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of always assume that that's kind of what they meant. I mean, it's supposed to be about, like, come on, Eileen. Like, sleep come with on, me. Eileen. Come on, Let's go party. Let's hook up. I have a friend whose favorite video is a live version of that from the 80s where I assume they were on every bit of coke they could find because it sounds absolutely atrocious. It's so bad. <laughs> so I want to talk about Salone's real life for a second because I looked into some of this stuff and I feel like this is stuff Jim will just know. Um, he got kicked out of 14 schools by the time he was 13. Um, wow. One each year and then an extra one for good luck. I think he dropped out of high school in, like, 10th grade, but then got some scholarship to go to college in Switzerland or some shit. Um, wow, it doesn't show. What's up? It doesn't show that he dropped out in 10th grade. I don't know. That might be not real. But he did get a, uh, he did get a scholarship to go to the college in Switzerland, I believe. And then, like, did... Oh, what the fuck was it? He was in a play that inspired him to become an actor. He, um... What's it called? Barefoot in the Park. No, no, I'm gonna vamp until I find it. Oh, was it Sam Shepard? You're not. Was it Sam Shepard? Did he get to yell at a woman? Oh, he's waiting for Godot. Surprisingly enough, (laughs) he was the Phantom of the Opera. It just got a streetcar. Oh, this is gonna drive me nuts. We could just name all the plays we could know. West Side Story starring Sylvester Stallone. I want a Waiting for Godot. Like a Waiting for Godot with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
and they just do the play like they do it proper um but like there's always explosions <laughs> make it so no, like the tree explodes the only other character <laughs> when i was in college i um we had to do a stage managing class with our theater major and i didn't really want to stage manage but like i directed so i should know what my stage manager was doing and all i remember was um, the sound of first of all, the sound effects did not work d- the day of the show. So backstage, like there had to be this clock. We were doing a different um, surrealist play, and uh, I was in the back just screaming at the top of my lungs, like dong, dong, <laughs> because like they had to prompt. The other thing I remember from that show is there's a line where a character out of nowhere—it's an Ionesco show—the character out of nowhere goes, "I shit myself," but the person playing the role did it every single time like I shit myself and I just hated every minute of it because <laughs> I was like it's I was like it sounds like you shit yourself and he's like I'm acting <laughs> yeah method acting <laughs> god I hope not oh boy but every time I think about it's not waiting for Godot it's a different play but I whenever I think about surrealist theater I think about I shit Shit, my son. <laughs> I, I do remember a friend of mine was in like a play when he was in like eighth grade or something like that. And it was a shitty eighth grade play. But <laughs> one of the kids played a tree and he, all he had to do was just like move in the wind and like move his arms. <laughs> and the audience ate that shit up and like cheered every time <laughs> he was on stage. And. <laughs> And everyone, like, at the end, they were like, and here's this kid. And, it, like, they got polite class. And then that kid got a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> that means other kids' parents were like, yeah, this kid deserves a standing ovation when my kid just gets a clap. <laughs> yeah, they're like, my kid didn't really knock it out of the park. This is this kid's no like... Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you figure it out, Kai? <laughs> uh, all I know is the name of the porn that he was in. It's the party at Kitty and and Studs. What if that was the play? He just didn't realize that it like... was later actually renamed the Italian Stallion, which is here we are. Oh, Rocky. brilliant! Oh. Brilliant renaming. So he actually brought that into the film. That's fucking fantastic. They did drop that, right? This was the first movie. They were like, "Yeah, fuck, he's not the Italian Stallion. He's Rocky." I think they mentioned it. Yeah, they. Like... they... They mention it, but it's, yeah, you're right. The character becomes Rocky now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good rebranding. He, um, we, we were talking in the, uh, my girlfriend's still pissed off in the first movie. Uh, there's, or the second movie where they have the picture of him as a chicken. And it says the, uh, the stallion chicken. And she was like, why wasn't it the Italian chicken? Like, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> and I was like, oh, let me tell you something. This is not the worst thing that's going to happen in these movies. You do, you do know there's a Rocky musical, right? I didn't, but I'm very excited to hear about the Rocky musical. Type of Rocky the Musical 2012. Oh, there's cool. a Rocky musical that exists. There's I've a... never seen it or anything. That fits 2012. It opened on Broadway in 2014. It was a Broadway... Oh my god, it is. Musical. I'm, um, I'm very surprised. In a book? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't Basically, like what you're all. finding out is like 
if Philadelphia loves something enough, we'll spend enough money to make it relevant. Make- yeah. <laughs> do you do you think there's Rocky fan fiction? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It. I'll look it up yeah. right now. Rocky fan. Oh no. Uh, while you're oh, while you're doing that, I got to sneak in a couple of my favorite. While well, you're making me think of it, better have made it into the music or not the musical, but it, uh, into the theater. Some of the amazing lines he had, which is, "Nothing is real unless you believe who you are." Which <laughs> I thought I had. So what a wonderful thing! Uh, Sounds like rock. a tattoo I'm gonna get now. <laughs> uh, this is of the same uh, emotional intelligence. Don't get mentally irregular. <laughs> which is as a crazy person i'm bipolar everybody uh i'm saying that to all my other crazies (laughs) if i know you're neurodivergent i'm gonna be like hey man don't get mentally irregular on me (laughs) i'm reclaiming it it's fun uh yeah those are the big ones that really that stuck out for me yeah friends don't owe they do because they want to do that's for me a big one. I am really big on. I didn't help you move, so you'd help me move. Uh, there shouldn't be this tit for tat system. So even though it, I was appreciative because Stallone said something as Rocky that reminded me, oh yeah, he's supposed to be dumb because it was the only time he said something. In my opinion, like he didn't say he wasn't dumb for most of the movie. He wasn't as dumb no. as he was in the first two. But when he said, "Friends don't owe, they do because they want to do," I was like, "All right, there's that original Rocky I missed." <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing is everyone think like you said that Mr. T was given a Razzie or whatever, but that's because he carried that movie. Like, yeah, he did. Sylvester Stallone actually didn't do much acting in this movie. No. Like he did physical stuff and he had his little lines, but when he was asked to do one deep scene, he did that. And the second deep scene, he sounded like a like a comical crier on top of a dead body that's yeah. been sitting that should have been shouldn't have been dead should have been in the hospital by then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope you're ready for that because Rocky becomes more and more the inspirational story guy as the in the sixth movie he gives it is one of the best speeches I love that speech uh, the that's how winning is done speech yeah yeah, yeah yeah that is like he's he gets I actually like the character Rocky better in the later movies and in the Creed movies than I do in the earlier movies. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to get into the Creed movies. I am too. I've actually never seen them. Cool. Uh, They're, yeah, solid movies. Jim, I think we're at that time. So I do want to ask you both. Oh, sorry, uh, well, first I'm off, I'm looking up a Rocky X Apollo fan fiction because I really do we want need... to see them sleep <laughs> with each other. <laughs> All right. We need to sneak this in real fast. <laughs> you should just share it on your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up on an account that's uh, attached to my uh, my work computer, and I just realized oh, that's probably going to show up in my search history technically on my work computer. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I don't think... If I'm IT, I'm like, I'm not asking this. I'm not asking them about this. I am IT, so who cares? <laughs> oh, you're good. Yeah, you're safe. Yeah. Jim, it's not that weird. It's not like vampire porn or something. Um, we'll talk about that not on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> I do want to ask you both uh, is there? Uh, well, first off, thank you both for coming. Uh, let me do that first. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. thank you very much. Delightful. Thank you for having us. Thank you oh. for having. Yeah, seriously, this, this is fun. I do want to ask: Is there anything you'd like to promote, both in the the real world or just that doesn't exist? Anything you can you can make it up. A couple of real life things. 
Um, my former improv teammate Whitney has a business called An FM Jewelry, and they just she just released a food line of like these beautiful earrings and other jewelry in shape of pizzas and hamburgers and stuff like that. And I love whimsical shit like that. Um, my friend Joe Underhovich has a podcast called Fair Deal Podcast, which um, at this point in time, there have only been two episodes, but in five weeks, it seems like there'll be a lot more because I think Joe's on spring break this week and recording a whole bunch of them. <laughs> um, and our other sweet friends, um, Noah Levine and Neil Bardhan are doing a comedy show about weird property listings called Neil Estate Property Listing Comedy Show, um, sure. which maybe in five weeks will be another a thing that they're still doing. Um, but I want to support because if I'm being honest, I haven't gone to Neil's other show, uh, Ryan T. Barden Lowe or whatever it's called, where they Ryan T. Bart eat dinner and talk to someone. Thank you. And I haven't gone to that, but maybe I'll go to the, com- the uh, comedy property one. Well, our regular listeners, you remember Noah. He was on episode, uh, oh, geez, Home Alone Four 5. Or five? Yeah, 5. Yeah, 5. With, uh, <laughs> with, with Mike. Mike <laughs> uh, awesome. Joe. Uh, there's... I have a po- I have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you have uh, a couple gimmies right here. <laughs> Tuesday Tuesdays, um, every Tuesday almost. You know, it, it's not gonna be every Tuesday, but because I'm taking some weeks off. But that's Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Follow me. You know, hit subscribe. Whatever those things are supposed to say. J J T U Z Z I five zero. J T T U Z Z I five zero. And I'm on all the podcast things, and keep an eye out because I'm, I'm hoping to start other things. Hells to the yeah! Uh, thank you both again. I I really appreciate and value you both. Thank you. This is Aww, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank no, you for having like, us. Number one excuse it's, of this podcast is to see. It was amazing to see your faces. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we're going to be going into Rocky IV, or is it VI? I always get it mixed up. It's, it's Rocky IV. Four. IV. <laughs> IV, right? IV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll be coming back with Joe Spurlock. So do come back. Uh, we're going to get into the. I, I guess it's. I don't know. There's a Russian, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. He's very yeah, excited this to is... talk about Russia. So it's getting some street yeah. fighting. So let's do it. No, that's the fifth one. Oh, is that the fifth one? Yeah. Fifth one's yeah. street fighting. Fourth one just has a Russian who can punch harder than anyone ever. Jim, this is the worst outro I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> the key part is that Do you want to just start again? No, no, this is the end of it. It's going to fade out at the right time. I just don't know when it is. It's just like, it's whatever. It's fine. I love you guys. <laughs> Can you guys hear the birthday song that's going on behind me? <laughs> is the birthday song happening? Nah, never mind. No. No. Okay, good. <laughs> Happy birthday <I'm>... to you. <laughs> You guys are hearing this, right? Like, <laughs> that got creepy. I said I did that really creepy, didn't I? You did. I'm ending it on that. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye, everyone. I love you. Uh, bye. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure and on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure and on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreon.com slash rotten treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.